facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. So good to be with you. Why don't you call in right now? You, you will want to call in and discuss this. I guarantee you there will be many opinions about what we're going to talk about in yours matters. Your voice matters. Want to hear from you? 888-914-9149 is the number to call. 888-914-9149. You can also, of course, follow me on Twitter at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. It's the only social media I really do. So there's an old Facebook account, but it's, uh, maybe I should revive it. I don't know. I don't know if I trust Zuckerberg, but I might, I might, I might one day. But follow me on Twitter at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E, Clark with an E. And of course, you can email the program, as always, Kale, C-A-L-E, at relevantradio.com. Well, I came, speaking of Twitter, I came across this tweet yesterday and it kind of blew my mind and i happened to be talking with patrick madrid on the phone yesterday and i mentioned this tweet to him and he said i saw it too kale it came up on my timeline as well it's from this guy named michael foster and i don't follow this guy patrick madrid doesn't follow this guy i've never heard of this guy before but this tweet that he put out went absolutely viral as of this broadcast, in just one day so far, it's garnered over 1.4 million views and counting. Now, this guy is a an evangelical pastor. Now, he calls himself the pastor of East River Church, which is apparently in uh, Batavia, Ohio, and uh, lives with his wife and his seven children on a small farm there in Batavia, Ohio. And uh, th- this tweet that he put out yesterday... It kind of blew my mind, and, I, and I, I was a little bit shocked by it. But maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I'm just a, a little bit naive here. But, but I really want to share this with you. I'm just going to pull it up here, uh, this tweet from Michael Foster. And I'm just going to read this to you, and I, and I really want your reaction to this. I really want your reaction to this. So let me just give out that phone number once again. Program it into your mobile device. For goodness sakes, it'll help you to speed dial me and get in much quicker. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. And good young Thomas is working the phones today. Will take your call. If it's a good call, you'll get on the air. Anyways, Michael Foster tweeted this yesterday, and I'm going to quote him here. This is not me talking. This is him. He says, "Quote." I guess that's what it means when you quote someone, right? <laughs> I think you know that. Anyways, here is a trend that I'm seeing. And I don't hear anyone else talking about this. 40-plus-year-old wives and mothers of large conservative Christian families think six-plus kids, very often homeschooling families. So these 40-year-old and older wives and mothers of large conservative Christian families suddenly begin to engage in multiple affairs often one-night stands, divorcing their husbands, and ultimately abandoning their family for a chance at a quote-unquote happy life. And Michael Foster says, quote, I have had easily 30 different men reach out to me about this exact scenario happening to them. Obviously, I don't know them all personally, he says, but the ones that he does know were very, very good men. Were they perfect? No. 
Were they faithful, hardworking, decent husbands and fathers? Yes. So what's behind this trend? Well, Michael Foster says it's multifactored. I can't cover all the possible reasons for this happening, but he says here's a brief sketch of what he thinks is going on, which is causing this. And again, this is women who are 40 and above, wives, mothers of big families, often over six kids, conservative Christian, and they suddenly engage in affairs, multiple affairs, one-night stands, divorcing their husbands, leaving their families behind. Here's why he thinks it's happening. Number one, he says, I think these women are worn thin by the difficulty of the life that they've chosen. It's easy for the mother of a large family to feel as if their family has usurped any sense of personal identity. She feels like a nobody. The work of a mother is physically and emotionally taxing. It can exacerbate mental health issues, both real mental health issues and ones that are more of a play-acting scenario. Uh, his words, not mine. I didn't say that. This is, this is Michael Foster talking here. He goes on to say this. Also, you really start to feel some of life's regrets when you're in your mid-30s to mid-40s. People, especially unhappy people, often start to dream about what could have been, who they could have been. So that, that's, reason, that's reason number one, he says. And reason number two, why this is happening, why these uh, women who are 40-plus, with often six or more kids, conservative Christian families are, are having these affairs, cheating on their husbands, very often leaving their families behind. Number two, reason number two, he says, they see the possibility of the happy life they dreamed about or now dream about through the lens of social media. They want to feel free and alive again. They get involved in online communities and develop friendships, quote-unquote. This curated digital world makes them feel good. They get praise, encouragement online. Maybe they think, maybe, I can still live the life I always desired. Maybe I can get unstuck. So that, that's reason number two why he sees this happening, social media communities. Number three, he says they start to share their dissatisfaction with their current life within these communities. Some of it is legitimate, but much of it is one-sided and slanted due to their discontent. However, those friends in these online communities don't push back on them and they actually encourage them to do what it takes to be happy. Many of these people will actively encourage these women towards infidelity and divorce. Okay, so that's, that's reason number three Michael Foster says this is happening. Reason number four, he says there are a ton of guys out there who are willing to take advantage of naive, discontented housewives, especially if it's for low-commitment sex. And to be fair, so many of these women aren't even looking for an actual relationship. They're searching for a feeling. And they think that they can find it in a one-night stand. However, that can only temporarily deliver the feeling of being free or liberated. Hence, it usually results in multiple hookups. They want to keep going back to the well again and again. So that's reason number four. Reason number five. He says, people need a rationale to explain and categorize their own destructive behavior 
as being morally acceptable. Our culture tells both men and women that personal fulfillment or happiness is the highest good. It also says to deny someone their highest good is a form of abuse. So consequently, these women assign their husband, uh, maybe their Christian faith, they call it abusive. They categorize those things under the heading of abusive. This then justifies their actions. They want to break free from a life of oppression. If the church or anyone else is against that, they are victim-shaming, they are aiding an abuser. So these women play that card, he says, and it mostly works. Again, he says there are more factors than these, and there are different scenarios at play, but this is, this is a real one. This is a real thing that I see playing out over and over and over again. And he kind of concludes with this. He says, he says, quote, I fear that the ridiculously reductive idealism of social media, including the reformed, patriarchal, big family, homeschool world, that'll create families who are especially at risk for this sort of situation in a decade or two, end of quote. Now, so th- this has generated, th- so all of, all of what I just said to you, that, that was a tweet, a very long tweet, because you can, if you have a verified account now, you can, you can tweet for way more than 154 characters. You can write these little essays. This is from Michael Foster, writing in Ohio. He's a Protestant minister with seven kids of his own, and he is seeing this trend of older, married, uh, middle-aged, if you will, uh, wives, mothers, in these Christian families, very often their conservative families have cheating on their husbands, having these affairs, one night stands. Very often they are leaving their husband and family behind. So I, I was shocked when I read this. I, I was shocked and I wasn't shocked. I, <laughs> human nature being what it is, sinfulness being what it is. I was shocked, but not shocked. So I, I got to ask you guys, you got to call in here, 888 Ladies, help me out with this. Is this actually happening? Are, are you seeing this happening uh, amongst people that you know uh, in your community? Is this happening in the, on, on the Catholic side of the fence? Is this happening very often in the Catholic world? Obviously, these big homeschooling families are very, very prevalent in, in Catholicism as well. Gentlemen, gentlemen, are, are, are you aware of, of this? I want the guys to, to weigh on, in on this as well. 888 You're listening to the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. So th- this tweet, again, it's been viewed now 1.5 million times now uh, and counting. There are thousands and thousands of comments to this to this thing, and I'm sure that you have a comment as well, 888-914-9149. So I want to know, is this actually happening? I mean, uh, young Thomas, uh, who's working the phones right now, just sent me a message. This seems very anecdotal, he said. And, and Thomas, he, that, that's that's not a bad take. What What is the evidence there? I don't, I don't know if there's any stats on this, obviously, but is this really happening to allegedly strong Christian families? Or is it happening on the Catholic side, too? If so, what might some of the causes be? Uh, maybe to present yourself, as the, maybe the pressure to present yourself and your family as this perfect Christian family. I, I did note this during my time in the evangelical world. And uh, as a lot of you guys know, I'm a revert to the faith, was brought up Catholic, became an agnostic, long story. I uh, became a Protestant minister, came back to the church. But when, when I was in the evangelical world, I, I did see a lot of pressure 
on uh, the, a lot of these families to present to the world this this perfect Christian family, especially if you were the pastor, the pastor of the church, and you're married, you've got a family. If your kids went off the rails, uh, tongues would wag, people would talk, things would happen. So maybe that's part of the deal. How do you, if you do see this happening, how, how do you prevent this from happening? What, what are some strategies to, to make sure that this doesn't happen to you or, or anybody you know? Has this happened to anybody that you know? No names, please. I'm not asking for names. I'm not asking for details. I had Jenny, who lives at number 40. No, no. I, I, do you know of, of this happening to anyone falling prey to this? 888 Um I'd love to hear from you guys. Let's go to Diane in Minnesota. Diane, welcome to the program. Thank you. I would say that this minister is calling a bluff. There's no way that a mother of five, six, seven children doing homeschooling has time to go out and have an affair. (laughs) Um, As far as I'm concerned, this is another uh, Marxism strategy to go after the Christians. Okay, and hold on here. Hold, let me, just, 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 I will say this now, again, this is anecdotal. This guy's saying that he, this guy, I mean, you're basically saying this guy's lying because he's saying that 30 different men have, have come to him and said, this is happening to me in my family. And he, he, by the way, he's, he, I don't think he would classify himself as a Marxist. He's a Christian pastor. So I don't know what this ha- would have to do with Marxism. I'm just saying. There's also false false prophets. Thirty men. <laughs> they all probably belong to the same organization. Well, D- Diana, I, I can't discount the the possibility. There's certainly a possibility this guy is making it all up. It's it's possible he's lying. That that's that's something to consider for sure. Diane, thanks for the call in in Minnesota. I don't know what do you what do you guys think? What do the rest of you think? Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Let's go back to the phones right now. Brian is in Austin, Texas. Hi, Brian. Yes, sir. Um, I just want to make a comment that, uh, you know, I, I see that in my own family. My, my wife, I just found out, uh, unfortunately, by reviewing texts on her phone um, about a month ago, had uh, an extramarital love affair, um, uh-huh. you know, affair in a, an affair of the heart um, about a month ago. And, you know, before COVID, we were, I thought, uh, a strong Catholic family. We, we attended Mass. Uh, regularly, but uh, just just through COVID, things like hmm. it, it seemed that things fell off. And uh, I'm not saying I'm not blaming it on the pandemic by any means, but you know, and I also uh, saw that she's reading this book. I wish I had it on my uh, on the top of my head right now, but it definitely seems like a a, a liberating type book hmm. um, for for women, well, for men too, I suppose. But oh, it sure does seem geared towards women. Um, so she's reading that, but, but, you know, we're going through counseling. We're trying to repair things, but what you were saying on the air here um, with this tweet, and I, I haven't uh, witnessed that or read it myself, it just immediately hit me. It's like, yes, there, there may be something there, um, and, and I just happen to be one of the men experiencing it. I can't oh. imagine other men that, that have... Uh, have wives, you know, of, and, and do homeschooling and, and rely on them to do so with even more children uh, than we do. We just have two, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it hurts like hell. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, Brian, Brian, I, I can't even imagine. And, and first of all, my heart goes out to you. And, I, and I'm, 
I'm I can't imagine how gut wrenching that was to to discover that. And and you said that you saw her text messages, and it was an affair of the heart. I don't know how much you're comfortable sharing, but so maybe it it was like sort of a an emotional sort of cheating, or was it did it rise to the level of an actual physical? Well, I, you know, I, I, I can't be sure. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm 90% positive just based on, you know, reading in between the lines and, and knowing her and, and literally, honestly, knowing the, the man, I was going to say gentleman, but, but the, the person I used to consider a friend, oh, man. he was a mutual friend. And, and it's just, the, you know, just a lot of the, you know, the words of love were exchanged a lot. And a lot of the things that were exchanged are, you know, what I felt for her 20 years ago when, 20 plus years ago we were falling in love mm. so that you know those sentiments were like man that, that that's what a young couple um describes and you know she got a chance to experience that all over again albeit through a very you know poor decision on her part but you know i don't have anybody to turn to to talk about um you know those things with and she's since shut off communication but you know in terms of the physical i mean i you know I, <laughs> you never know i mean you know, if you get caught, you're going to plead the lesser crime mm, to yeah. you know, the greater crime. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, the reason the reason I ask that is is because that I think that's that's probably pretty common. I, I mean, maybe some of the other callers can can enlighten me on this, but my my guess is that that's probably pretty common that uh, a, a lot of ladies might think that that's not really cheating or something if you're just texting with somebody or having this guy friend that you're having this these conversations with and, and trying to get this need met that, that you don't feel is being met by your husband. But first of all, Brian, I am so sorry that this is happening to you and I'm going to pray for you. And I, and I definitely am going to ask every single person who's listening right now to pray for you and for your marriage. And we've seen this before on the program that when millions of people are listening and they're praying for somebody, things happen and we very often hear back and obviously it's in God's hands but I, I'm I'm really thankful that you uh, had the courage to call and, and share this with, with me and, and and I appreciate you, Brian. And uh, I'm going to keep you in my thoughts, man. It's 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 a very very tough thing that you're dealing with. Yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head, and I, I appreciate that and, and all the prayers to all you listeners out there. And and yeah, one day at a time. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's all you can do, and say Jesus, I trust in you. And and uh, the church is there for you, Brian. I, I pray that you have a a good parish community, maybe a good priest that you can talk to. And I think this is, this is something, something that Brian said as well. Thank you so much, Brian. God bless you in Austin, Texas. Please pray for him and for his marriage. And let's pray that this can be reconciled. And I think a lot of guys, you sort of alluded to this, they don't really have somebody to talk to about these things. A lot of guys don't have any, I mentioned this before, they're, they're suffering from something called friendship deficit syndrome, as one writer coined it, where we, a lot of us guys have, you know, there's guys that we play sports with, we might have a beer with, might shoot some hoops with, but we don't really, we have a lot of acquaintances, but not a lot of people that we can actually share what's really going on. Um, a friend that we can really trust. And that's, that's something that has to change, that has to change in the society. But that's, that's another topic for another day. And I think that, that very often, you know, he mentioned his wife's texts that he discovered, um, that, I mean, obviously, that's a form of social media as well. And, and one of the things that the original uh, writer of this of this tweet mentioned is that social media is often uh, a big, big problem uh, in these decisions that, that that a lot of women are making. And I want I want the ladies to to weigh in on this as well. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. 
in, in making these choices. It's an influence, to be sure. Uh, he also mentioned, um, I believe, a book that he didn't know that the title of. And, and, and obviously a book, whatever it may be, uh, some form of an outside influence, another voice that's in your head. Uh, and maybe it's a case of, hey, I'm looking to justify what I'm thinking of doing. Or maybe it's planting the idea. I, I, I don't know. But um, uh, that's obviously incredibly sad. I think also another thing you mentioned was COVID. I think a lot of this stuff started happening during COVID times. People were under in- incredible stress. Uh, stress is not an excuse, but it's it's a mitigating factor, I think, in some of the stuff. So we're, we're going to keep talking about this. Uh, call in 888-914-9149. Have you seen this happen? Has it happened to someone you know? What are some strategies to prevent this from happening? <laughs> An ounce of prevention, right? Uh, it, it's really, really important. 888-914-9149. It's a Kale Clark Show, only on Relevant Radio. Be right back. This is The Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. Hey, welcome back to the program. We're talking about this viral tweet by this guy who's, who's a, a Protestant pastor living in Ohio. And I, I'm not sure he expected this to be the case, but it's now been viewed over 1.5 million times. It's been out for about 24 hours. He talked about a trend that he is seeing of middle-aged women, eh, 40-plus years old, wives, mothers, very often from homeschooling communities, very often from large Christian families, very often conservative, politically speaking. Suddenly, these women are stepping out, having multiple affairs, one-night stands, divorcing their husbands, and ultimately abandoning their families for a chance, quote-unquote, at a happy life. Is this really happening? Is it happening in the Catholic world? Uh, and, and to be to be clear, uh, I'm not. You know, we're not picking on, uh, on on ladies here, okay? Because uh, and we were talking about this off air that very often it's guys who are uh, condemned for for having affairs, and very often men do, no question about it. Uh, but women do too. Women do too. And it, this is not about what about is and what about what guys do. It's not about that. We're just talking about this particular concept. And is it actually happening? And what, what's, what might some of the causes be if it is, in fact, happening? So I want to hear from you guys. What is your take on this? 888-914-9149. I've got a few thoughts on this, but let's go to John in Decatur, Illinois. Hi, John. Hey, Kale. Hey, welcome to the program. Well, I wasn't going to share this with you guys, but this, this uh, gentleman, Brian, that called before, mm. Had a, uh, you know, this whole thing going on with his wife. Yeah, that was so hard to hear. Well, here's what here's what happened to me. So, hold on to your seat. <laughs> Sunday night, my wife's at a cabbie party, okay? Cabbie parties where girls go buy a bunch of clothes that, you know, and they hang around drink a lot of wine and stuff like that, or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Bring an appetizer. It's a Sunday. I'm at home at 6 o'clock. I'm watching Joel Osteen, because I like being filled with the word from all sources, you know, and I'm Catholic and, and my kids go to Catholic schools. I've got, you know, so anyway, uh, she says she's in the drive up at Dairy Queen. She's getting food. Okay. So that's the case. Three hours later, I still see no sign of her. Okay. Hmm. I kind of panic. 
because I'm thinking maybe somebody jumped in the car and, you know, like, <laughs> grabbed yeah, her. Your mind goes to the worst-case so, scenario, obviously, yeah. So I've got a, a friend of mine, so like, I go to the police station, and they said, well, we can't do anything about it right now because it's no, she's not been missing for 24 hours. And I'm like, mm. well, she just was in Dairy Queen, and, uh, and this was on a certain, you know, road. So I got a friend of mine as a police officer, so they, they basically dial up because we were driving a Buick Enclave, and that Buick Enclave can track her, okay? Uh-huh. So they track her, and then I've got my son with me because we're driving around trying to maybe maybe find a place where she was. We put it all on Facebook. I, you know, so they find her car, and it's at this place where a friend of mine has a, uh, a night, well, it's like a pizza place with, uh, you know, alcohol. Hmm. The, uh, I, so I find the car. It's got the keys and ignition, the purse in it. Okay. Doors wide open. It's a Sunday night. Grant you. Okay. Eight o'clock, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a, in a mode of chilling out. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm in my 60s. She's in her 50s. So I'm just giving you a heads up. Sure. Uh, so I get there and then she gets out of this car. I go up to her. I wanted, I wanted to choke her. Okay. So I almost like do some something physical, and then everybody ah. Then the, the police show up, and all these girls show up, and they take her with her, and they go, you know, do you want me us to take your kids? And so I'm thinking this whole thing's just gotten way out of hand. So I, I'm with Brian. You have nobody to console you, nobody to talk to you because you're the guy, okay? Hmm. And believe me, I'm no saint. So here's here's the scenario. So I go to the place where she's at. I pick her up. And, uh, we go, we go back together and then, uh, the cops pull us over. The cops want to question her to see, like, I, I, I've already got it in my mind, you know, Hey, are you all right? Is your husband, you know, going to be cool? And I'm like, you know, this whole thing is just turned into a scenario. Like, okay. Spring ahead three days. My friend calls me and says, Hey, you know, your wife was in our place. I've got video of the whole thing. Okay. Oh my. She goes in there. She's all over these two guys, like it's like like she's eighteen. Okay, walks out <sighs> with them, and that whole thing comes up. And then he uh, chose to have us over to his house so we could view the video. Oh. I saw ten minutes of it, and I was disgusted. Okay, so I'm sharing this with you. I was going to call Pat from Grinch here to him, but this is this time it couldn't be better. So, my my son, as we were going over the railroad tracks, speeding, you know, in our pickup truck, which I practically got airborne because I wanted to see where this car was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so anyway, he says, Dad, whatever you do, don't divorce her. And I said, you know, because he already kind of had the premonition. I'm still not thinking that way. But, you know, what Brian said is the truth because they don't come out and tell you, okay, mm-hmm. what happened. They used, you know, I had a few drinks or blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, so my good friend, when he shared that with me, so we basically, you know, got back, you know, together. We did, you know, we didn't let the kids go out. And there's this great song. And, you know, I'm just going to put it this way. I chose forgiveness. Mm. You know, I so chose, chose the higher road. Yes. And you're, we're, my wife and I, I'm just going to say it this way. We're broken together. You know what I mean? We're just broken together. Now, did, are, and I don't so have any kids that, you know, yeah, go ahead, you, sorry. Let me just j- jump in. Do, do you remain together in the marriage? Or are you still married now, John? Oh, we, we just... You know, it's, it takes it a lot for me because that Father Kabicki's got this great one, or Glenn Story Corner. It's about picking up sticks. 
You know, you want to just pick up one load of sticks a day. So you don't want to bring up these sticks constantly. So anybody listening out there, don't bring up stuff that happened to you and your wife 10 years ago, 10 weeks ago, 10 days ago, 10 minutes ago. Let it go and let God and watch a video from Casting Crowns called Broken Together and watch it and and listen to it and watch it with your wife for five minutes. And then think about what brought you together in the first place. And then that's going to be what's going to hold you together is love and Jesus and forgiveness. Because what he did on the cross has nothing to do with the pain that I thought I was going through, that I went through, that I'm sharing with you. John, I, I can only imagine the pain and, and to be able to choose forgiveness in that situation. Thank you so much for calling in and, and sharing your story. I gut wrench wrenching to have to discover that. And, and can there can there be healing after such an event? Yes, there can be, uh, but not without real commitment from obviously both spouses and, and truly uh, turning everything over to the Lord. You're listening to the Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio Triple Eight Nine One Four. Nine one four nine. Thank, thank you, John. I'm asking you guys to react to a, a viral tweet about allegedly uh, this being a common thing, and, and this is news to me. But uh, maybe I was being naive a little bit about it. Uh, at one level, I, I'm not surprised if this is the case. Um, a lot of wives in in large homeschooled families tend to be leaving their husbands, having affairs. Uh, this is underreported, maybe, but but this one guy, Michael Foster. Um, has posted this, that he's seen 30 guys come to him, he's a Protestant minister, and say, this is going on in my life right now. And I'm wondering how common this is, and if it's if it's happening in the Catholic culture, how do you prevent this from happening? I'd love to hear from from the ladies. Do you know any any girlfriends that, that may have done something like this? And maybe maybe there's some even some 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 older women, godly older women who are listening, who might want to call in with some advice to, to younger women, to younger wives, mothers, how can you avoid falling into this trap of the devil? Because the enemy is on the prowl. There is no question about it, and he's got a lot of tools at his disposal. And so, I don't know, I've got some, I've got some thoughts on this as well. It, it's interesting, reading through the comments on this, one, one thing that, that came up a couple times was that many people said that when a wife, a mother, begins to associate with friends, women who have been divorced or, or who have just gone through a divorce or they've, they've left their own families behind, that can often be a red flag when, when their new best friend is a, is a divorcee. And it, and it might be a situation of, as St. Paul talks about in the New Testament, bad company, and he's quoting somebody else, but bad company corrupts good character. Um, the friends that you keep, we, we tend to become, it's often been said that we come, we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So choose your friends wisely. And it, it's not just even in-person friends, too. I think it might be social media as well. Obviously, that, that is a culprit that a lot of people are, are saying. I, I see this coming up time and time again. Here, here's a, what another commenter said. This guy says, I remember a pastor saying 40 years ago, 40 years ago, that he had never counseled a woman who had had an affair. He had never counseled a woman who'd had an affair who wasn't deep into soap operas. Okay, now that was the thing at the time, right? Days of Our Lives, maybe it still is, I don't know. Uh, Another World, General Hospital, all that sort of stuff. My mom used to watch stuff like that. I think a lot of people did. But um, not everybody actually went out and did that stuff. But having said that, 
Uh, he said he'd never counseled a woman who'd had an affair who wasn't deep into soap operas. What about now? What, what is sort of the soap operas of today, if you will, social media? Um, I, another thing that, and, and I, I, I'm believing, I 100% believe this, that this is true now. And it was, I don't think it was the case before. I don't think it was the case before, but the statistics are clearly bearing this out now that more and more women are now watching and addicted to pornography. It's not just men. And I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with, I think it's probably more prevalent in Generation Z because of the fact that everybody's on their smartphone, because of the fact that people have unfettered access through the Internet, probably more so than with older generations. But it's becoming a factor for women as well as men, and I think that also may be playing into a lot of stuff. I don't know what you guys think about this. 888-914-9149, is, especially I- I'm wondering how you can prevent... Uh, things like this. This would be great for our listeners to hear. Let's go to Katie in Texas. Hey, Katie. Hi, Dale. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I just wanted to make a couple comments, and I guess I have a lot to say about this topic, but um, number one, the situation is real. I've heard Mm -hmm. of a few different uh, situations like that where the wife, uh, for one reason or another, ends up leaving after, especially after having kids. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think part of it is that expectations are not met by like, they're maybe didn't evaluate what they really wanted in life partially before going into marriage Mm. might be the case or there's expectations that, um, the husbands don't maybe know about and are not meeting that. Um, another thing to kind of a very important topic is there's like, um, there's this thing like emotional need that people have, uh, different people have different levels, right? Um, some people are more introverted versus extroverted. And, um, I think it's incumbent on spouses to really try to understand each other in that space and understand like each other's love languages. Um, and if you don't understand that and you're married, uh, please do, because basically it's your, your way of really solidifying, communicating and reiterating that you love your spouse and that you are interested and actively wanting to be part of their life till you, you know, till death of your part. Otherwise it, it could possibly be that people end up splitting because somebody gets bored or sees that somebody's disinterested, et cetera. Hey, Katie, I got to ask you a question because you mentioned the love languages. That's, that's obviously a reference to the five love languages by this uh, famous author, Gary Chapman. I'm going to give you a quiz. Do you know what the five love languages are? <laughs> I believe so. Put you on the spot. I know what mine are. Uh, physical touch, uh, quality time, gift giving, uh, mm-hmm. and then I uh, forget the other two. But yeah. Acts of service is one. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I can't remember. I was hoping you would. <laughs> but, I can't but remember it, either, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the one that we don't care about. No, but, but uh, somebody, somebody knows. Someone will tell us. Um, 888-914-9149. Yeah, I, I do think that that's a, actually a really important book that was recommended to me and my wife, the the five love languages. Everybody's got one. Everybody has a, a way that they like to be uh, loved more than the others. Um, for someone's quality time, and this is true of your kids as well. Like anybody that you're friends with, even they, 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 they there's just something about this. Um, and I, I think one of the things that you said too is um, dealing with expectations, Katie. That, that especially when kids come along, obviously it can really transform the nature of the relationship between spouses, I think. I don't know if you'd agree with this, Katie, but especially in these larger families, um, a lot of homeschooling families where moms are stressed, where they have a lot of kids, and they're with those kids pretty much 24-7 because they're 
they're schooling them. Uh, they're playing with them. They're taking care of them. If their husbands are, are working out of the house, it, a lot of husbands are working at home now. Maybe they can help a little bit. I don't know. Maybe they can't. But I think very often, and I could be wrong about this, but I, I do think it's a very common thing that happens to couples, that your spouse somehow takes a back seat. Your marriage somehow takes a back seat a little bit when you start to have kids and when the kids are very young. And, and part of this, you, you can't really get around because of their needs. But your spouse, some you have to make sure that your spouse is the priority over your kids, over your parents, over your, your other relationships that you may have in life. Your spouse and that marriage is the foundation. It has to be taken care of. It has to be nurtured. And that's whether that's like making sure that you're religious with the, the weekly date night or whatever the case may be. I think it's really, really important because I think a lot of times spouses aren't really nurturing each other and they can't really uh, oh by the way Preston Alex thank you Preston uh, our great financial guru here at uh, Relevant Radio frequent guest on the program and a great guy he just told me affirmation affirmation is the last one of the thank you Preston but but and very often spouses aren't getting that affirmation or any of the other things because they're just not making enough time for one another so I think I think I don't know would you would you agree with that Katie I do, yeah. I have some friends that uh, I've seen successful marriages and then some that are really hindered. And uh, the ones that are successful have a pretty regular date night. Um, and they're very intentional about that priority being around, like, the spousal relationship. And then mm. the kids and everything else just kind of naturally seem to fall in line. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Hey, Katie, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on this. Katie in Texas. Hey, what I want you to weigh in on this as well. If you're listening, 888-914-9149. If you're on the road, if you're traveling this summer, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a call, hands-free. Don't take your hands off the wheel, though, but do uh, punch in these numbers, 888-914-9149. Use voice commands, and uh, uh, we want to hear your voice right after this break on the Kale Clark Show, 888-914-9149. You keep your mind off traffic and on the more important things in life. It's Kale Clark on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about a viral tweet by Michael Foster alleging that it's quite common in conservative, maybe homeschooling, large Christian families where entering middle age, a lot of wives are having affairs, cheating on their husbands, stepping out of the marriage, and very often leaving their families behind. Um, is this a problem only endemic to women? Of course not. Of course not. Uh, men, men do it too. But, but the idea that this is happening in, in these specifically Christian environments, I'm wondering, is it happening in the Catholic world as well? What are some ways to, to prevent this from, from taking place? What are your thoughts on this? Has this happened to someone that you know? Uh, give me a call, 888-914-9149. I was surprised and not surprised to, to hear this, a human nature being what it is. But let's go to the phones right now. Gary in San Diego is on the line. Hey, Gary. Hey, how's it going? Do, I'm doing great, doing great. It's great to hear your voice. Hey, well, you know, I, I've listened to your show quite a bit, and the thing for me is this happened to me a long time ago, but I was really taken back by the lady that called in and said that it wasn't, like this really wasn't happening. And my wife had her started having her affairs when the kids were 3, 6, 9, and 12. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, to hear and this eventually story. she, yeah, well, you know, and, and eventually she walked out the door and that was it. She, uh, that was how my life changed. And 
if it hadn't been for my pastor and my strong Catholic men, mm. I'm not sure where I'd be today. How many years ago did this happen, Gary? Well, I can tell you, it was, it, it was November of 1990, and the, the way the way she with this lady was talking was like it never did happen, and it's not happening. And, and I know it's been happening. I know some of my mm. friends that went to Catholic school and Catholic. Uh, kids went to Catholic school, and it was happening to them. So this isn't really, to me, a, a recent phenomenon. It has been happening, and, and I'm an example of going back 1990, mm. where it yeah. happened. I find it interesting that you mentioned, Gary, that you had you mentioned your pastor, but you also mentioned this, a strong Catholic men's group or community of some sort. Can you tell me a little bit about right. that and how it helped? So. So what had happened is I had, had gone to this Rocio group, and um, it was a men's group, and we had started meeting for breakfast on Saturday mornings, and about three months after I had done this, um, I had called one of the guys and said, Fernando, this is what's going on, and he said to me, you know, I need to see you right now, and then he explained to me some of the issues that had gone on between him and his wife, and then another guy in the group had said the same thing. So I felt really that I kind of wasn't alone, although I, I, um, I, I just, I, I felt alone, but with these strong Catholic men, they just guided me. And every week I met with these guys and we just talked about life and what was going on. And, wow. and, um, if it hadn't been for those guys, I can honestly say, I don't think I'd, I'd be in the situation I am today. Oh wow, that that's you know, and I think that that is so rare. Communities like that, and we 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 talked about that uh, a little bit earlier in the show. Gary, thank you so much for calling in and, and sharing your experience with our listeners, and uh, God bless you on your journey. Appreciate you so much. Call anytime. As Gary in San Diego, let's go to another Gary now in Lexington, Kentucky. Hello, Gary. Hey, Gary in Kentucky, you're on the air on line four. Okay. Okay, we seem to have lost Gary for a second here. Let's go. Let's go to Jerry in Brownsville, Texas, on line six. Hey, Jerry. Hi. Uh, good afternoon. I'll be very brief. Sure. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, I have a, a friend. She's a she's a female, and she's having sort of a, a rough patch with her hmm. with her husband. And and my brief comment would basically revolve around the fact that. Um, whenever she speaks, the, the the very brief times, moments that I've uh, talked to her on the phone, she always seems very relieved after explaining or after, I guess, complaining in some way about the situation. I do my best. But that, that really um, rings off a bell in, uh, to what that pastor's tweet uh, was re- mm-hmm. referencing to right? um, someone else that might have a something that you wish that your current spouse had. Mm-hmm. And um, in my case, I, I cannot say what it is, but I, I only infer that it's, it has to do with the fact that I, I myself have a, a child, a 13-year-old daughter. I'm, I'm a single father. And okay. with my daughter, uh, her, her mother and I have a stellar um, relationship. It's a miracle, thanks be to God. It's really not about that. It's more that, I guess, she sees that I've had that experience in my life and I've succeeded so she tries to find some solace and um okay. like i said it does ring a bell sir in, in the fact that she's yeah, relieved I, when she speaks with me you know 
Yeah, I think I think I think very often. Uh, thank you for calling in, Jerry. I think very often people um, look for something, some sort of an, a fulfillment of an emotional need outside of the relationship. I think that's a recipe for disaster, and um, for a lot of reasons. But we'll, we'll get into that maybe in a second. But thanks, thanks for calling, Jerry. Let's go now to Marie in New Jersey. Hello, Marie. Hello. Hi, hi. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Um. Okay, I have a, a, a comment. Um, I am the woman who left uh, the marriage. Okay. And uh, this happened uh, almost 50 years ago. So I'm an older woman now, and it's, mm-hmm. it's something I deeply regret. Mm-hmm. If I could go back in time, I would probably, I would try to approach things differently. But in the discussion, I'm... Um, interested to to note that the husband's role in the mm-hmm. wife leaving isn't being addressed at yeah, least that's right. of the part of the program that I so uh, you you know the it was because of my husband's uh, approach to the marriage that I uh, became uh, neglected a mm-hmm. bottom of the barrel as far as his priorities go, you know, and this yeah. was going on and, and, um, someone came along who paid attention, who seemed to be interested in what I had to say. Yeah. And it was, it was too tempting. So the, now the problem, uh, one thing, other thing I wanted to mention was, um, you were talking about social media. For me, the escape hatch or the influence was no fault of divorce. Yeah, that's a no big fault that's a big divorce factor. Divorce was a brand new thing. This is back in the seventies that this all occurred. So no yeah. fault divorce changed everything. If there was no, I yeah. probably would have stayed in the marriage because I wouldn't want to go through the whole thing of adultery in the court and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. I mean, one one thinks of uh, the Scarlet Letter, of course, the famous novel by Nathaniel Hawthorne became a movie. I remember seeing that movie starring Demi Moore years ago, and, and I, I think that's true. Certainly, no fault divorce from a legal perspective um, is a contributing factor. And, and thank you for your call, Marie, and sharing your experience and uh, that that obviously you regret and. And we have to, to to give that to the Lord and seek forgiveness. And of course, if there's repentance there, and I think also just I think in general, in general, it's the loss of a, of a sense of sin when it comes to these things. But what's interesting about the tweet was that he's referencing a believing community, a, a Christian community, not a Catholic community, but still a lot of similarities between uh, large homeschooled Catholic families and, and what might happen there. Let's go now to Catalina. In California, Catalina, we've got about uh, just a minute here. What uh, I, wa- I want to hear from you, though, what, what do you have to say about this? Well, I just did, did want to share that in the past year, I've known uh, three families that have broken up. Um, and one of them, the wife did leave, and it was a very young marriage, only uh, maybe three years. And she left because um, she wanted to go pursue a job. He felt called mm-hmm. into to the world, and she's very much about uh, uh, women empowerment and, and living true to yourself and surrounding yourself with only positive people. In the other two instances, um, they were both longtime homeschoolers, and um, their complaint was that um, the men weren't 
helping out at home. They were stressed. They were worn down. Um, and felt like uh, they weren't getting the needs that from the and and not not uh, not intimacy or anything. It was just the help at home, the attention. Just like your previous caller just said, um, they were bottom of the barrel and felt like um, because they chose to homeschool, the husband basically said, "Oh well, then that's your job. So you do it all." And I, we all know homeschooling is a, is a big big task. And when you have a big a family, task. oh. Yeah, there's no question about it, Catalina, and, and thank you for sharing that. And I think also one, one thing that's changed in modern times is that the aspect of a community around you to help, whether it's other other people in the community that share your values. For example, I'm not saying we should all go out and live in homeschooling communes or anything like that, but in days gone past, I think there was more help from the community for these families and also sort of a, a standard moral code of conduct where other people would call you, maybe another uh, wife and mother would, would call you on if you're going to try to do something like this there's no way the community would stand for it forget about uh the church and and the 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 actual nuclear family itself and i think i think that there is, i'm not saying this is a good reason by any stretch of the imagination this doesn't justify the choice but i do think that a lot of these uh moms who are staying at home and, and homeschooling and it's a job it's more than a job they feel isolated. I, I do think that's contributing to it a lot. There's no, there's no question about it, and uh, there's no. Yeah, it, it's a contributing factor for sure. Let's go quickly to Bridget in Central Coast of California. Bridget, uh, we got about thirty seconds, so let's try to make your point quickly. Okay, Bridget. Uh, this is Bridget. I just yep. want to say one of the main reasons why I think I've seen a couple of these marriages break up from homeschooling is due to the lack of daily prayer and sacramentals in the house. It's like, mm. I think it just starts off with emotional relationships and then gradually slides into a physical one that was, oh, I didn't expect it, but mm-hmm. that's how the devil works. He's very clever and he's patient. That, that's so very I true. Think- that's very true. Brid- Bridget, I, I, sorry, we got to get out because we're up against it, but what you said was so true, and I think, as Scripture says, draw near to God and the devil will flee from you. To stay close, sacraments, prayer, spiritual disciplines is so important in all of this, and it's so neglected. If you neglect that stuff, it's going to catch up with you. I wish we had more time. What a great show. But we can talk more about this tomorrow. Stay tuned. Brooke Taylor has, uh, is very kind of much dovetails of what we talked about today. Stay tuned for Trending with Brooke, and this has been the Kale Clark Show. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy. <laughs>